Welcome to the Get Out of Your Head and Grow Your Online Business podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Wagner. I'm so happy that you're here. And I just got to be honest, I'm living a little bit dangerously right now recording this episode because I swear my my seven-month-old might wake I wake up from her nap anytime now, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to, as you would say in golf, grip it and rip it. We just have to go for it and get her done. So um, as always, this season of the show, I've been kickstarting every episode by sharing just a little little fun fact about me. And this has been, it's been kind of a fun experiment as I've loved hearing from those of you who relate to these little stories and facts. So I thought about this one. I was doing a guided meditation the other day and the guy said to think about a memory of your childhood that you don't think about often and to to go there now. And I'm sure I think he was trying to get us to think about a happy memory, (laughs) but for whatever reason, I was transported back to, I believe it was third grade when we had a state capital test. Did you ever have one of those? And I was very type A kind of perfectionist as a, as a child. And I wanted to get everything perfect and I got a 99% on the state capital test and I only missed the state I live in. I missed Oregon. (laughs) So it was such a humiliating um, moment for me in my young childhood. And so apparently I'm not over it because I just thought about that. So there you go. That's a little fun, little fun story. All right. So today's topic, let's move on. Today's topic, there are a lot of amazing coaches out there, right? In all different types. There's health, life, dating, nutrition, business, homeschooling, social media, parenting, like you name it, there's probably a coach for it. And I think that's incredible. And I should say, when I say coach, I just mean anyone who is providing a service to help someone achieve a desired outcome, right? They might call themselves a consultant, a strategist, but the model is the same. So now I know if you're listening to this podcast, then you most likely probably have an online business yourself. It could be, you could be in the early stages. You might even just have an idea for a business and you're kind of, you know, playing around with it in your mind, or you might already have a team under you and you're just continuously pushing to expand and improve. Amazing, right? So since you are likely in a service provider role, meaning you help people achieve their goals in whatever niche you operate in, my guess or my hope is that you believe in coaching, right? You know firsthand the remarkable value in having someone by your side who has been there, who can see your blind spots, who is your partner. So my guess here also, I'm making a lot of guesses this episode. My guess is also that you've likely hired a coach in the past for something and or you're considering hiring one soon or now or moving forward at some point. Very good. I myself have coaches, plural, right? I honestly can't imagine not having a coach, whether that's in a mastermind or one-on-one capacity, because to me, it would be like if I were a hairstylist and I I didn't go to another trusted hairstylist to cut my hair. I'm sure I could figure it out on some level. I'm sure there's hairstylists that grab a mirror and, you know, there's scissors and they figure it out. But to me, it would just be a bit silly, right? So today's episode, I am breaking down five red flags to look for when you're considering hiring your next coach. And again, there are a lot of great, amazing coaches out there, just like there are a lot of amazing hairstylists. But 
there are also ones that I feel like are walking red flags, right? And I want you to save your time, your energy, your money, and be able to identify some signs early on. Okay. So let's, let's dive into it. The first one, number one, and this is a little bit controversial, but Hey, let's, let's have some fun with this. Number one is they follow zero people on Instagram. (laughs) Have you guys seen this? It's something I'm seeing more often. Why would someone not follow other people on a social platform, right? And so I was thinking like, what would those reasons be? So the possible reasons might be number one, they want to appear exclusive and important, which honestly should make you think like, tell us you're a narcissist without saying you're a narcissist. Um, Like, I'm sorry, Selena Gomez follows people on Instagram. You, you can follow some people and be social, right? Because that's number two. They don't want to be social on social media. And if you are in the people business, which if you're a coach or any type of service provider, you are in the people business, you're in the helping business. It might be a good idea then to be interested in other people versus just trying to look interesting yourself, right? And the third possible reason that I thought about is they struggle with comparison and they think, not following anyone will help them with their comparison issues. And if that's the case, then uh, there's more issues going on there, right? Just like a whole pocket full of red flags. So that's, that's my personality or that's my take, my personal take on if they follow zero people on Instagram, I think that's a red flag. But if you disagree with me, send me a a DM. I want to hear, I want to know why. Um, And the second is the coach has a habit of encouraging you to make impulsive emotional investments. Now I see this more often, um, on social media than I do necessarily on email, uh, communications, but one way we'll see this is through fake price windows where our coach will say, um, this offer is $222 until 8 p.m. tonight when the price jumps to $2,000, right? (laughs) Or this offer will double in price tomorrow. And don't get me wrong. I am not knocking pricing adjustments as a form of marketing, okay? Now and then, it's a great tool. A coach I like and respect will send out emails occasionally sharing flash-type pricing for her coaching containers. And when the 24 hours is up, the pricing goes away. This to me is kind of fun and it makes total sense. And it's even an effective tool to help those who have maybe been squatting in the corner or on the fence, squatting somewhere for several months to take action that could ultimately improve their life. Awesome, right? But what's not so awesome and what I'm talking about specifically here is when there is a continuous pattern of marketing for some coaches where every week, every day, sometimes it's about these type of scarcity selling tactics, which brings me to number three is a coach that relies on fake scarcity tactics. So (laughs) let's just, you know, for fun, let's talk about those fake countdown timers as an example, have you seen those? They're still around, right? I feel like it's a terrible idea because it just kills trust before a relationship even starts. Like it's 2023, right? Everyone, I hope, knows that those timers are fake. And what I'm talking about, they might be real if you're doing a real live launch. That's one thing. But if you're running it on the back of a evergreen funnel, 
or like a VSL or something where it's recorded, <laughs> then people can look at that timer and be like, this is, uh, this is fake. <laughs> Lies, right? And right now, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, then again, you probably have an online business yourself. So if you've got an automated funnel pumping traffic daily and sending it to a fake timer, I'm just going to maybe plant a little bug in your ear that you, you might be building a machine that turns people off and off on you and off on your brand every single day, which is not something that you want to do, right? We don't want to also purposefully repel long tail buyers because more than half of the people who would ever buy from you, they're going to take knowing you for 90 days or so before they'll ever whip out a credit card. So that's 90 days of seeing your brand, seeing your messaging, um, getting to know your values, your voice, et cetera, right? The justification most people use when using countdown timers is, well, you know, people procrastinate and they need a reason to buy now. Like, do you really want to be attracting that type of customer and client that need a fake timer to force them to buy stuff? And also, let's just be honest here. Why is your offer not good enough to sell without using fake scarcity tactics. So I digress. I feel like I can go off on this tangent, but it's going back to if you're looking at a coach and they're using fake scarcity often in their marketing, in my opinion, that's a red flag. And I will say there are exceptions when using scarcity, right? The biggest one is if you see a coach saying they have one or two spots left for a one-on-one coaching or if they have limited number in a mastermind group. So what I'm talking about here is usually a higher level, higher ticket offer. That will often be true because I know for me, I can only take on so many one-on-one clients. And my one-on-one clients also get one-on-one Voxer support from me. So that means I am talking to these clients, some of them every single weekday. I'm literally their business partner. And I will never take on more clients than I can serve. So that is limited. So I'm just throwing that out there to keep in mind as an example of a realistic and good exception to the scarcity marketing. But I think like you're smart. You're listening to this podcast. Like you can tell when it's a fake scarcity and when it's real, right? Okay. Number four, they love to talk about all the money they're making, but you don't see evidence of their clients results. So this is primarily if you're looking to hire a business coach. So that's because that's great if someone's doing well financially in their business, like, all right, you, you go girl. But just because someone is proficient or skilled at marketing their business and making money does not mean they are proficient and skilled at teaching others to replicate that success. You want to make sure that when you're looking at a business coach specifically, that they have testimonials, uh, like real results from real people who can share their stories and like, and their experience. I also think it's a great idea to ask a coach you're considering working with if, if you can speak with any current clients of theirs. I do this all the time, right? When I'm talking to someone, if they, they book a discovery call and I think would be a great match and they're, they're thinking about it, I will say, hey, I have clients who offer all the time, like I'll, they'll speak to people about they're working with me. And I think that's a really, that's just a smart way to invest. So just remember, the red flag here is if the only results they seem to highlight are their own. 
Okay, number five, the last one here is if they themselves haven't walked the walk. So what do I mean by that? There are a lot of business coaches who have never grown an online business themselves. As in the only online business they've had is coaching other people to grow an online business. And to me, that's a little like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to think of a hiring a college student to be a parenting coach. Let's say like they learned all about parenting from a class they took and they read a lot of books on it, but they haven't raised a baby or a child themselves. Right. And honestly, they might be really good at giving parenting advice. I'm not saying that they won't be, they won't be good at it, but they won't be able to truly understand and speak from experience or meet you where you are really because they haven't been there. And this isn't just if you're looking for a business coach, if you're wanting a spiritual coach or a trauma coach, then you want someone who has their own stories that align with their own values, not someone who just wanted to start a business and, Hey, that sounds cool. I bet I can make money doing that. Right? So if you're jumping on a discovery call with a coach, which I actually recommend spending at least 10 to 15 minutes on a zoom call with them to see if you even like them, then ask them, what made you become this type of coach? What made you become a trauma coach? What made you become a parenting coach and hear their story because it matters. So those are my, my top five. I had a few others, but you know, I like to keep these episodes short and snappy. And, you know, I will say one underrated thing to consider when hiring a coach is just, just make sure that you actually like the person. Like, yes, there are a whole slew of other reasons to consider their experience, their modality, how they work with you to make the outcome you want a reality, all that stuff. But really when it comes down to it, just make sure you, you kind of feel like this is someone you would want to have dinner with. This is someone I would want to spend time with because that matters a lot. And it's more than just an energy connection. It's kind of like your intuition nudges you naturally toward that person. And that matters in my, in my opinion. So, all right. On that note, if you are an online service provider and you want to grow your business and have been considering learning more about how I could help you as a business coach, then let's book a call and talk, right? The link is in the show notes. And on this call, I ask you several questions to understand you and to know where you are right now in your business and where you want to go. And then I share how I work with my clients and what I would recommend for you specifically based on what you shared. And really, sometimes my recommendation isn't that coaching is the right move for you right now, but you will always leave this call with my best recommendations on next steps for you to implement ASAP to kickstart more momentum. So go book that call today and let's talk. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.